Welcome back to another episode of Hager's Coach Convos. I'm Coach Justin Hager, and I hope you enjoy this improvised conversation. Well, thanks for joining me and being willing to to go on this adventure. Um, I'm still kind of figuring out what this is, but it's basically just wanted to have a conversation with some of the other coaches and, I don't know, just uh, find out a little bit more about each other and what's getting us pumped up and you know, it can go wherever, go wherever it goes, basically. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, basically that's the whole point. Uh, you know, by doing, you learn, right? And yeah. uh, that's the, the, whole, the best thing, you know, this, that is uh, actually for me, it's the first time that I go into Zoom. So I haven't even used it before. So it's really cool. Uh, I'm here at my studio, photography studio. So I just kind of set up a background behind here. I got my all my backgrounds and stuff there. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it seemed like you had done this before. <laughs> well, no, actually, uh, uh, I do have uh, my photography studio here. I've been doing photography for over 20 years or so. Wow. So uh, this is a whole new path for me. That's why uh, I feel so excited about the, the whole process and actually being uh, here with you is part of that path, you know, you know, to learning about each other, creating a community and going uh, along with uh, like-minded people, you know, to, uh, to really express our best selves as we go through the journey of life. Dude, yeah, this, um, I feel you like this, this whole networking thing right now, this, this freaked me out about like three months ago. So <laughs> this is, I don't know, this feels like something special, just uh, being able to just call up and, and have a chat. It's, it's really cool. I'm um, seeing who else is in the program in the optimized coach program and just meeting people in general. But so, so you're a professional photographer. Yeah, basically. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's where, uh, basically I have generated most of my income, uh, so far, but I'm in a transition stage right now. Uh, I'm 57 and, uh, I've been doing this, you know, over 25 years, 20 years, pretty much uh, professionally with, with a business structure. And, uh, and right now, uh, I mean, I'm very excited, very, uh, you know, passionate about doing the photography, but uh, I just feel that, you know, basically for me is a need to transcend that and just kind of move into another stage in my life. It doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that I'm going to leave photography altogether, but what it means is that I'm going to integrate probably what we go through uh, the optimized program is more to a higher level of consciousness basically where you basically focus more in your eudaimonia basically what's your virtue and what's your basically your uh that aspect of you that is uh, has a higher level that you want to create that potential mm-hmm. and that just move through that and we know we all know that we are at a certain level and that we can always increment little by little to to get to the highest level that we are so photography has offered me the opportunity to be creative to kind of express myself to be in business for over 20 some years and uh and be able to thrive in the business is is like you know any other business is uh, always difficult and the long run basically requires stamina requires strategy requires changing Constantly, you know, as you know, photography from film to digital to all of these medium formats and all of these formats have evolved, introducing Photoshop into photography basically gave a whole new, basically, transition. So right now, basically, the business is evolving constantly. And um, so I have concentrated myself in in a couple of niches. It's basically portraiture, uh, Mm -hmm. schools, and... um, 
you know, right now, basically, I'm doing schools and, you know, very little or weddings or other things of that nature. It's just, and your, um, your carpe diems, right? Like those are, there is so much going on in those things. Is that something you're doing in Photoshop? I always imagined that there was a lot of like hand drawing or paint. Yeah, or, uh, I start. I start basically. Uh, I still. Uh, what basically? What my my morning rituals start basically doing some drawings and uh, you know when I do my morning uh, a.m. Um, basically uh, rituals in the morning. So I do my identity all of this and then I listen sometimes to a plus one or listen or even I read the uh, the Stoics daily, which is for me very inspirational. Mm. And all of a sudden, you know, I guess a couple ideas and I just jot it down and then, you know, just put the boxes there. When I get here to the studio, I start putting those together with graphics using Photoshop. And then all of a sudden it becomes uh, like an ensemble of different things. Uh, it's manual, it's graphic, it's picking up images from the internet. So it is more or less like a DJ in ideas with so many different resources. <laughs> and, uh, and I, lo <laughs> I love that analogy, the, the DJing of ideas, right? Right. Um, that's, how, do you have an idea of like, be curious, like what's your, what's a time estimate that, that you're putting into these things? Like there's like, there's, it's, it's, a, it's an artwork. There's so much so much going on and that you're tapping into this like every day is pretty impressive to me yeah well thank you one of the things uh for me uh that i have identified in the process is that i love to do kind of graphics as a form of slowing down my thinking as you know you know when you jot it down ideas or you're just doing your journaling your mind is racing but then you have to kind of sort of come down to focus into the idea so for me Doing the graphics is a way to capture an idea, encapsulate it in a graphic form, and then I just ponder into that and say what this could mean to me uh, or to other people, and then I start kind of sort of working from that point. It's more like a, a jazz kind of, of graphics, you know, just, okay, this graphic could mean this. Then all of a sudden, you know, I start with something and, and end with something totally different from what I started from. But it's always like a, the seed idea kind of generates the sprouts into so many different things. And yeah. for me, uh, that's a way to get into flow state. Uh, as you know, you know, the flow state basically is that state where, where you feel totally engaged. You know, the time kind of sort of shrinks and you become basically one with whatever you're doing. And that for me is, is that, you know, is becoming more into, uh, stay more into flow. Beautiful, yeah. So flow through flow through art, and uh, basing off of the concept of that um, was it Mikai Chick sets me high. Yeah, I don't Mihai know how to say it. Yeah, Mihai Chick men see high. Mihai Chick men see high. It's quite quite a lot. Yeah, Chick set me high. Yeah. That's uh, it. I think that's is, uh, between the two uh, between the two levels of bottom and and basically stress or or distress you know, you can find the middle line. And also basically that's the same point of, of becoming uh, a philosopher from the point of view that we are doing it, that it's an active commitment to life. And uh, virtue is basically the means between, uh, uh, between vices, the vices uh, in, in both extremes. So right. our purpose doing this program is basically 
coming to uh, that virtual point where we are constantly balancing and I know that you are an acrobat and to you that probably makes a lot of sense in the sense that a balance is a, it's a constant movement but you are uh, basically adjusting a micro you know micro movements you know every move so you stay within within that balance so for me the uh, virtue is that is you want to find to live with virtue that means you're gonna have devices always going you know in both directions and when you find that level of means you know the virtue is when you kind of feel totally engaged totally committed to life and basically you you feel present and that's what we looking forward to do this program yeah yeah i love that um it's you know like the the what was it the the yin and yang symbol right the the mm -hmm. order and chaos and trying to find the middle line the dao you know, like just on the right blend of, of each one. And um, it's also using the, um, what is it? The meaning instinct, like the using meaning as an orienting reflex, right? I think that's what um, I've heard it referred to as, but that sense of like engagement when we're, when we're like in that flow state, right? Or that just, I don't know. I think I'm just trying to like, to bounce off the idea that you were just that you just put forward but using kind of linking it to some different some different concepts right um but anyway totally agree trying to find trying to find the the middle way and i know um it seems like these past 10 years for me i've been going from like one extreme to another and that just these past like three years has been um kind of like balancing out but yeah um, getting more comfortable like living in living in gray areas is uh, more of an emphasis I think right and as I understand you are a coach already right so you are coaching and you do acrobatics as, as I understand so yeah both both at the the beginning levels I would say um, I've been doing personal training and I've integrated coaching into my practice like I always say I specialize in um, um, exercise as lifestyle of, of helping people sustainably integrate new healthy habits into their way of being and doing that through the modality of personal training. Um, and the, the acrobatics has been something that I've been focusing on for maybe these past like three or four months of actually the, the like aerial acrobatics working on the, um, the silks and trapeze. Um, and like, I've, I've been working on like uh, gymnastic rings for mm -hmm. a bit. And then before that, I, I've done a lot of like floor-based skill work, but I've just always really been interested in, in different types of movement. And that's, that's for me has been my, my artistic expression. Like I've tried out music, musical instruments, and just none of them are really connected with, but um, I can like achieve flow state with, with movement, um, particularly like hacky sack and um, like contact juggling with a bag of sand mm -hmm. has been um, one of my my main activities. But um, yeah, so my, my ambition with uh, the, the acrobatics is to, to perform, to actually put on a, a professional performance with a troupe. So I estimate maybe like a year, one to two years before that's, you know, at that level. But I can do some cool stuff, you know, like as it is right now, right? I'm just, um, so want to give the impression that I'm at a, uh, a skill level higher than what I am, I suppose. But, 
um, yeah. Did you train with uh, with a team of a group of people, or are you trained by yourself? How did you do that? Yeah, so this is um, like I, I was not an athlete or like in high school uh, growing up, none of that stuff. Like I really liked Jackie Chan movies and Jean Claude Van Damme, but um, I didn't get into athletic expression until after I moved out, after I got out of high school. Um, that's that's when I just started exploring a whole bunch of different movement arts. Um, so I've, I've done like a little bit of training in like jujitsu, a little bit of like uh, kickboxing and mixed martial arts type training, uh, lots and lots of yoga, lots and lots of that, um, like some weightlifting coaching, um, but haven't done like a, a team-based um, training before. So particularly like um, a team-based performance arts which is, well, that's, that's what I feel like the, the next step for me is actually getting into um, like a performance troupe, so. Yeah, that would be awesome. So I can see that probably one of your soul goals in terms of energy, that might be one of those soul goals. Absolutely, man, that's, uh, that's, that's huge for me. Um, I, that's, I just got a new job and that was one of the, the main, that was a, a big driver of not only this particular job that I just got, but of getting another job of just being able to have more, um, more freedom and more finances to, to invest in the acrobatic training. So it's, I, I make it a point to do um, acrobatic specific training on the weekends. And then during the week, that's when I'm doing more of like strength based training on the rings, or maybe I'm just like doing some, some floor works or, um, like I haven't got the full backflip yet, but I'm getting pretty close. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, so I was just like playing around with that. But um, yeah, there's I'm in Portland, Oregon, and there's a, I'm finding that there's a big community of people that are into the circus arts and just uh, movement arts in general. So I'm right. really getting into exploring that. That's, that's really great. So I think uh, you've probably seen the Cirque du Soleil, all of these great acrobatics that they, they, they not only perform, but they're so artistic that it's quite amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's beautiful. And there's, um, there's a, a troupe up here called um, is the AWOL Dance Company. And so they're, it's, it's acrobatic dance where um, not only are they like on the silks so or they're on trapeze or they're suspended from hoops, but they're doing um, partner work and it's also synchronized with music, you know? So like, I, I love that sort of thing. And that, I mean, that's similar to the Cirque du Soleil with the, the, the musicality aspect of it. And just, yeah, it's performance and it's beautiful. And I just love that the, the showcase of, of strength and agility and grace and discipline that it takes. So. Yeah, it's quite amazing the amount of discipline that it requires and, and uh, basically a full body work, basically just uh, doing all of these moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's flow state, like you, like you had mentioned before, right? Like if, um, if you're distracted, you know, uh, you'll, you'll find out really quickly because it shows in your balance, right? Right. If you're thinking about something else, like you, you fall or you miss or you, you know, you lose your target or if you're juggling, you're going to drop shit. Um, yeah. So that's, that's something that I really like about, like a, I always carry around a, a hacky sack or a foot bag with me 
all the time because it's kind of helps to to center me and also it's like an energy check-in right because if i'm if i if i can't maintain it um consistently then that lets me know that i'm kind of scatterbrained um and i need to like bring it back in and just helps for uh, it's it's my ver it's my yoga practice honestly yeah is is this movement um yeah, that's phenomenal. One of the things uh, I think uh, was so important for me is uh, I found this in, like, in one of those stores. This is like a flip switch. If you turn it, just literally lights Ooh, up. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's, oh, I, found this, I found this in, uh, uh, what store is that called? Uh, Five Below. I said, wow, this is uh, quite awesome. So uh, once in a while, I see this switch and I flip it on. So that kind of sort of reminds me that, okay, it's time for to flip the switch and go into into a different mode of being uh, which is basically what is your new identity and all that so one of the things is I don't know what kind of tools you find useful for yourself to turn the switch and uh, go into those different uh, basically big three times two that we have been practicing all, all along so for me it's turning the switch and actually physically turning the switch like, <laughs> you carry that awesome. around uh, you yeah, carry that with yeah. you? Sometimes I carry it around and I turn it on and, you know, put it right here and boom, turn your place and, <laughs> <laughs> and then boom, you know, it'll turn me on, it's on and then you're ready to go, right? <laughs> so, and it's quite interesting. Yeah, so some of those tools for me have been very powerful and like the mantras that, that we've been practicing, you know, let, let's bring it on, the, all these kind of things. When I had been under uh, a lot of stress, you know, doing all of this work that I do sometimes on the road with, uh, with photography, uh, it becomes stressful, so, you know, as any job, you know, with that requires a lot of logistics. And, uh, you know, when I, I started to get it like a short breath, I, I remember that, okay, just bring it on. You inhale deeply and just kind of count three and slowly, and you can see how literally your nervous system switches. And uh, for me, that has been a very powerful tool uh, through you know through the program that we have. So, any any tools for you that have been you know meaningful or significant in terms of flipping the switch when you are kind of drifting off a little bit? Well, I like the um, the the concept of viewing it as a glitch right just mm -hmm. that 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 oh this is this is a glitch right like i'm not at my baseline that mm -hmm. has been really helpful for me is just kind of um softening what's going on and just kind of creating some space between me and whatever is happening and it's like oh okay yeah i can i can change this um mantras definitely i, I always think about jocko willenink you know the the navy seal with um uh, extreme ownership and just good right whatever happens good that it's 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 in our favor and I, I draw on a lot from um lectures and philosophies from jordan b peterson um where it's i don't know it, it talks it talks a lot about just emphasizing the these little small steps that we can take and just how how important that is but it's I know that we're getting a lot of that from the, the optimized material, right? Take take one, the smallest step that you're willing to take. But there's something about the Peterson's presentation of it. It's um, I don't know. It, it feels more more grounded, more down to earth, less less fluffy. And if I'm kind of in a glitching place, um, it's easier for me to hear something um, that's kind of a little bit more tough love and gruff than it is to hear something that's 
you know, a little bit on the, the brighter side of things. Um, so like with, with Peterson, I think a lot of the tools that I've gotten from him have been um, the, the use of metaphor uh, applied to the emotional landscape. So if there's maybe that, so for example, um, in the optimized program, there's the idea of the reverse indicators. Right. I, I don't remember where that concept was derived from, whether it was like from the tools, Phil Stutz, or if some, there's so much content, I'm starting to, it's getting, it's getting all kind of blurred together. But um, the basic, the, the reverse indicators being that there is some fear that is apparent when we're in the, in the direction of something that we've predetermined as meaningful that when we feel that fear that that's not a sign to move away, but it's a sign to go towards it. Um, Peterson uses metaphor of like, that's like a dragon, right? But that's this little baby dragon that has just appeared in your landscape. And if you do not deal with it now, if you do not slay this dragon, it will just grow larger and larger and larger until um, like it destroys you or meaning that if, um, if you just, if you don't attend to it, it's going to grow. And then when you do attend to it, it might cause more like psychological damage um, than what it would have if you attended to it earlier. What did you get out of that? Because I'm, I'm not sure how clear I was. Right. No, that, that's awesome. Uh, I think uh, what you're saying is that there are different approaches for the re reverse indicators. It's like uh, the uh, Stoics are very clear at that. You know, basically you see the worst case scenario on uh, any situation that is coming up. And if that situation appears in your life, okay, you know, okay, cool. I, okay, that was within the scope of, you know, what's possible. Now, mm -hmm. how are you gonna deal with that? So what uh, for me has been useful is uh, using the algorithms. Basically, okay, I know this is coming. Okay, regardless, you, if you're alive, something is gonna come, you know, that's what life is all about anyway. So uh, by having obstacles, you know, basically that's the principle of stoicism is basically the obstacles, basically, basically at, the end of the way, at the end of the day becomes the way. And it's because they're going to make you stronger. It's like when you do your acrobatics, basically the obstacles or, or turning the flipping and all of that kind of stuff, you know, requires a lot of energy and effort. But at the end of that, your muscles are going to be more toned and also your body's going to be more coordinated. So all of that obstacles that presented to you in that sense, you know, became uh, a way for you to become more a better acrobat in that sense. So, uh, so to bring that into our personal lives, uh, basically, when we have all of these kind of situations, uh, okay, what's the worst case scenario? You know, the worst case scenario, I'm gonna die, basically, you know, I'm gonna disappear. Okay, so all of us are going to die anyway, but uh, what can I do, you know, to handle this the best way possible? So the, using the reverse indicators for me is also very significant in the sense that I know that that's part of life, you know, and uh, when you get in a car, you get in an airplane, you don't have any safety, uh, you know, that, that you're going to get to point B. Uh, so, but you basically use all the rules that are available to you, but you're going to know that eventually something is going to come through. So you got to be aware of those circumstances. So if you're driving and somebody uh, cut you through, so you use your brakes. So basically you use your energy to basically uh, counteract that, you know, basically event that is happening in your life. So, uh, so there are many different ways to approach that, but I think it's very important to consider those things. Yeah, they, the, um, 
they kind of reminds me of that that whoop concept the wish outcome obstacles planned mm -hmm. um the implementation intention with uh, mental contrasting right that we're, we're more likely to um be more resilient and anti-fragile um mm -hmm. if we if we know that there's if we anticipate a challenge if we anticipate that it is going to be hard that things will arise and um, we're going to be more capable of of handling that when it comes up right that's kind of what the um yeah, that's the anti-fragile concept, basically, that is uh, so powerful, you know, that basically handle me, you know, roughly, that, I, that I'm not only going to resist this, but I'm going to really get stronger, you know. And yeah, yeah. Point. Dude, and there's, um, I mean, that's, that's, in, that's in yoga, too. Um, in the Yoga Sutras, they, they talk about tapas, um, T-A-P-A-S. It, it might be pronounced differently. But the, the idea of it is um, um, purification through pain and it's it's in the context of like emotional pain it's, it's exactly this right it's just this other wisdom tradition that is um you know talking about the the fires that that create the diamond or the pressure that creates it and um just how ev looking at every challenging situation being grateful for it because it's it's burning away at something that doesn't serve us anymore um that's you know that that's that's really helpful right i mean that's that's kind of like the essence of buddhism right if if you acknowledge that life is suffering um like truly that that is the main underlying constituent suffering we we know that that's real and we can be more appreciative of of like the smaller beauties in life or you know it just kind of it takes the edge off um than if we think that we're supposed to be happy but if we kind of get rid of that that notion, then happiness might be more likely to occur. Even though I don't think happiness is the highest pursuit, I would argue that meaning is, but that's a side note. Well, uh, that's what I think is about the eudaimonia, you know, from Aristotle. So basically, uh, it is not a sense of happiness as we basically pursue this in actually in the Western world. That is something to go after, but it's more something to grow from inside. And uh, so it creates a state of well-being or, or flourishing. And I was uh, actually looking into one of these uh, notes and uh, I don't know if I recall correctly but basically you know uh, when if you see animals in you know, basically in the wild they are flourishing because they have an environment that supports them and they are kind of sort of sort of in their element so what we need as humans is to get into our own element which is our sense of being human and develop those abilities besides the basically the mechanical part, you know, the, the co-pilot is our brain and the pilot as we know is the Udaimon. So basically the autopilot is all of those mechanisms that we have inside. So it's just a matter of how to integrate the, the automatic uh, autopilot with the co-pilot so we can be guided by the pilot. And in that process, we find that state of flourishing or well-being but you know, it is a matter of integrating all of these elements together. Dude, yeah. Um, what is that? Uh, get out of your own way. Was that John Kabat-Zinn? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 The kind of. It's interesting, man. This it's wild as far as the not overthinking. So I don't know. It's like this. It's like this, this back and forth between 
between like planning and contriving and then kind of just like letting go and then seeing what happens and then adjusting your plans again. And I don't know, it's just kind of, it seems to be like that's a little tug of war like going on for me, like what I think I want and then what I actually, what I actually want. I don't know. It's something, something like that. Yeah, well, uh, I think uh, one of the things that we're looking for is in the whole process is to discover our, you know, potential and to discover our potential basically does the process of, of moving through these different processes that we uh, go through life. And each stage has uh, a different discovery. And I think uh, life is more about discovering our potential and you know finding our potential so you know it's like each stage allows to open up a new possibility for ourselves and uh, as we grow uh, we expand our level of consciousness so if you ask me you know what is that common humanity uh, goal that we all have for me it is the expansion of consciousness of the whole humanity so my goal here also in other words is my contribution would be how can I optimize myself to basically help the next person and the next person to optimize themselves so we can expand our consciousness collectively and we create a, basically a synergistic expansion of consciousness in such a way that we can grow to that level uh, or higher being. It's like the, the be the change that you want to see, right? It's like um, embody the change and then like the, the, that spreads, you know, like, right. yeah, that, that fire, it, it spreads, other people pick up on it, feel like it, or, or feel that. And it's also, I mean, it's, it's a selfish pursuit as well. Like it feels good to, I don't know, to like be kind to other people or to listen to them or to encourage them or, or something like that as well. So, I mean, that's, yeah, it's like, um, we're, we're ultra social creatures and, supporting each other uh it happens just to be like one of the one of the ways to make a meaningful life and there seems to be that we have like a, a biological reaction there's like that that love 2.0 right where they talk about the your vagal tone improves when you have these little micro moments of you know like connection with people um that's pretty interesting i mean in the i was just listening to the love 2.0 book earlier and they were uh saying that studies were suggesting that if you increase your your vagal tone um that that is connected with like lowering your levels of inflammation and some other some other type of biomarkers which i don't i don't recall at the moment but i don't know man that's that's intriguing right that's the yeah. saying that you can improve your your health by having um i think the argument was like 10 minutes of casual encounters with someone a day that's quite amazing, uh, especially in the sense that, uh, you know, the gut and the heart and the brain are all connected by the vagal nerve. So it's like uh, we have three brains. Uh, one brain, basically, we have over 400,000 nerve cells in the, in the gut. So, and that was literally our first brain. Then the heart has also neurons. Uh, basically, there is a kind of sort of consciousness there in the heart and the consciousness in the brain. So basically by aligning these three levels of consciousness is where we really kind of sort of increase our, you know, our state of well-being. 
So everything starts with the gut. You know, if our gut is okay, so all of that, all of those chemistry processes are going to just nurture the heart and nurture the brain as well. Interesting, man. Dude, I think you're going to, are you already coaching? Because like you, no. you just seem like a natural at this. No, no, <laughs> no, but I, I think for me that's uh, that's been uh, very intriguing and really wonderful. Uh, that you know, it's amazing that the God. You know, I did one of the graphics that says, "In God we trust." You know, basically G U T, and it's basically the God itself has all the microbiome that basically writes. Basically, we are writing. You know, we are basically like a condominium for the microbiome. And we got more microbiome uh, DNA than our own DNA. So basically, it's, it's, it's like a collaborative effort between the microbiome and our DNA. And that's going to help us really to find our, you know, our higher, you know, levels of consciousness. So it's amazing that, you know, such a low level of consciousness, which is a microorganism, is going to help us raise our level of consciousness because it's going to create the right chemistry that we need. So for me, it's having the proper uh, functioning of our body. It's like uh, having your Ferrari, you know, finely tuned so you can ride it to the highest speed. And, uh, and that's what the microbiome does if we, if we tune and line up that. Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of interesting stuff coming out like in this past like, decade, um, particularly about the, the gut microbiome. I know, um, uh, who is it, Rhonda, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, the biomedical researcher. Have you come across her work? She's mm -hmm. the found my fitness person. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like that's that's kind of where the the gut microbiome, where I got introduced to um, its impacts on on health and inflammation, and um, I don't know. It seems to, it seems something as like simple as just having some some sauerkraut or some kombucha can yeah. go uh, can go a long way. Right, I have been doing that lately. Uh, basically, I have been focusing more in what is good for my gut, and then the rest it takes. <laughs> by itself so basically i've been in increasing the amount of fermented foods i uh, have basically eliminated all of the carbohydrates that are basically flour or gluten and i've been vegetarian for most of my life but i have introduced salmon and fish late, uh, for the last year and uh you know it's been a tremendous change you know since i basically left uh, all of these uh Carbo refined carbohydrates or so bread or any any kind of carbohydrates that are, don't contribute to uh, uh, to the microbiome. So so for me, it's when I eat, I use the algorithm. Is this going to be good for microbiome or not? So sugar is out of the table totally for me, unless it is already built in into whatever food I'm eating. So what uh, what if you were vegetarian for most of your life? What what was the convincing factor that um, stimulated your addition of fish? Uh, was uh, one of the factors is uh, I would have to eat a lots, a lots of, of greens or vegetables. So basically, I would have to spend a good part of my day eating um, because obviously, if I'm not gonna eat uh, the, the the carbohydrates that are more like a filling, you know, like a, the the grains, the pastas, and all of those kind of stuff. So that means mm -hmm. I have to supplement that. So uh, and since I've been working out more to kind of sort of tone my muscles rather than building a bulky muscle. So I needed to have a, an increase of protein. So that's why basically it's an experiment and it's been working so far, but I'm always willing to kind of sort of give a different look and see what happens. 
Yeah, just just curious about um about your reasonings on that. For um, just I was you know uh, blah, 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 blah. I I intentionally include a lot of fish in my diet as well. Um, for DHA and EPA, just like mm -hmm. healthy fats for for brain health, and then also um, reducing like sy systemic inflammation in general. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, the omega the omega threes are so essential. What happened is we also have all of these vegetable oils, as you know, they have a tremendous amount of omega sixes. So and the ratio is out of proportion. So basically, and most of the foods that are out there uh, that are packed foods, and you know, they have some some kind of oil built in into, into the packaging. So that's one of the things that I've been looking at uh, in terms of health. And uh, for me, it has been tremendously, uh, you know, uh, it has improved tremendously, you know, my state of well-being, you know, you know how I can use my energy. And, and the sleeping, obviously, is a tremendous factor as well. So what, what differences have you felt? Like if so with adding in fish and, and taking yeah. out bread, has there been anything okay. really? Yeah. The main, the main difference is uh, I have lost weight, but I have gained uh, more uh, tone in my body. So basically, uh, I, I can see my muscles more before the muscles were kind of sort of covered with, with a fat around the muscle. And that's, that's one of the main gains that I have so far. And obviously, doing, doing the workouts and all of that is part, is part of the process as well. Yeah, and you energy levels staying good during the workout. Yeah, yeah, energy levels are really high. And obviously, uh, the sleeping obviously is uh, one of the main factors. Uh, I normally sleep an average of seven to seven and a half hours, but I wanted to crank it up to eight hours or more. Sometimes if I don't sleep that many hours, I try to take a nap during the day. So kind of sort of balancing those factors also have improved. Yeah, yeah, there's um, been playing around with uh, sleep for a while too and just sort of like tracking the duration and have really noticed there's a big difference between seven and eight hour version of me and mm -hmm. then it's where things kind of it's like well I'm close to baseline but I'm still a little gray and still a little edgy and then there's still a difference at the seven and a half hour and around mm -hmm. and, and, and six hours I, that's just like not functional at yeah. all for me um, I think like nine hours tends to be um the ideal but eight's eight's pretty good mm -hmm. um yeah well that's that's really good i uh, just when i was thinking about i have a meeting at nine o'clock and i was thinking about if we can wrap it up uh, with a thought yeah. you know any closing thoughts that you may have um you look healthy and vibrant and i really appreciate you taking taking the time to to chat with me and share a little bit about yourself and um i don't know just dare greatly and do whatever the heck we're doing on this thing man all right that's awesome also the same uh, i just want to thank you also for the opportunity this is for me is an exercise also obviously in interacting with someone live which is really awesome i, I really love it and uh it's kind of sort of a little awkward this and this but we are kind of sort of learning in the process and uh, I'll appreciate you to take the initiative to do this. And uh, so thank you so much for that. And, uh, and again, so we'll keep meeting in the, in the community. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, when we get to in December to the closing of the, of the program, so we hopefully meet in California live. Dude, yeah, I look forward to it, man. Thank you oh, so definitely. much. I kept checking on you, and also, uh, also I wanted to say, uh, when you did, uh, or you sometimes do your, uh, 
your graphics also, uh, you yeah, know, like yeah. that with the program. It is, I mean, one of the best, uh, I, I, I guess, uh, summaries that I see of the programs, you know, in a graphic form. And that's for me, it's very helpful since I'm a very graphic oriented type of person. So thank you for oh, that and oh, keep yeah, doing it yeah. because that kind of helps a lot of people. Dude, all right. Well, thank you, man. I'm more likely, I'm more likely to do it now. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. thank you. And uh, I look forward to seeing more of your artwork too. All right, keep it up, and you know, I keep on doing that. And for me, it's also again a, a way to express myself and, and encapsulate ideas and you know, kind of sort of think more about that. Very cool. All right, thank Maynard. You. Thank you very all much. Right. All right. Take Bye. care. Uh, wonderful seeing you. you all too. right. Take Ciao. care. Ciao.